This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk. Future Talk. With Omni Al Saleh and Hany Balkis on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hannibal Qaisi, with Omnia Saleh, bringing you all you need to know about what's happening in the tech world from the from the comfort and safety of our own home as we are doing Future Talk Home Edition. And we do hope you're listening from the comfort and safety of your own home as well. And for today, we're going to be talking about a lot of things. And to kickstart our show, we're going to be talking about how Google has banned the Zoom app from all employee computers over security vulnerabilities. And we're also going to be talking about how Amazon is building a COVID-19 test lab for its workers and for apps all around the world segment. We're going to be telling you guys how to use Snapchat's new AR lens to donate to the COVID-19 cause. And we're also going to be talking about in our Tech This Out segment, how a 3D printing expert has actually created a realistic copy of his own face for working from home. And for our How Do You Tech segment, we're going to be giving you guys a hands down the easiest way to remotely fix a Mac computer or laptop during quarantine. Now, we all know we're home, so you do need to know how to fix your computer. And we're going to give you all of that, but we're going to be taking a short break. And when we come back, Omni is going to tell you guys all you need to know about what's happening in the tech world. So stay tuned right here only on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world in the UAE and around the world. Around the world, Google has become the new Instagram. It's the place where we all meet up since we're all trying to social distance. We're trying to stay virtually interconnected. But while everyone is trying to log into Zoom and we're all enjoying endless video chats, that also means all of the flaws and security breaches that lie within Zoom are going to come to the surface. And this is exactly why Google has banned the use of Zoom on employees' computers. Let me tell you, Google is not the first company to ban Zoom across its business, but Google is definitely the latest one. And we're going to get into that in just a few moments. But the company actually sent an email to all of its employees with the Zoom app on their computer and told them that the app would stop working this week. The reason behind that is security vulnerabilities. Now, Google has its own video conferencing app called Meet, and that is actually a direct competitor to Zoom, which also raises many questions. Why is why are Google's employees using Zoom when they have Google Meet, where they can actually meet up and conduct all of their business meetings. Now, Google's security team informed the employees using Zoom desktop client that it's no longer going to run on corporate computers. The reason behind that is that Zoom actually does not meet the security standards for all the applications that are typically used by a Google employee. However, any employee that has been using Zoom to stay in touch with family or friends can continue to do so through the web browser or through the mobile app. So it was kind of Google to allow them to still use Zoom for uh, any of their phone calls with their families. But since they're all being forced to work and socialize from home, they do want to make sure that their working situation is not being impacted by any of Zoom's 
security issues. Now, as we're all being forced to work and socialize from home, the popularity of Zoom has definitely skyrocketed. But it has not been all good news. The service has many security flaws that have also come under the spotlight. If we look at Zoom, Zoom actually moved from having 10 million uh, video chats per month back in December to having now 200 million video chats conducted every single day starting from the month of March. So that's a huge increase in video chats and their application is definitely not equipped to handle all the security flaws that come with that. One security issue that showed up on the Zoom application was basically confined to iPhones and iPad. When you conduct a video chat on Zoom's application on the iPhone and the iPad, it tends to send all of your data uh, to Facebook. So all the data that is found on the user's devices was typically sent to Facebook, including people who did not have Facebook accounts. After the issue rose to the public, Zoom did apologize and try to fix the security issue. They stopped sending the data to Facebook just a day later. However, a lot more problems started to surface soon after that. The most popular one is actually an issue that we talked about just a few weeks ago that is typically known as Zoom bombing. So Zoom bombing is actually when hackers gain access to a Zoom meeting and attempt to disrupt it. Hackers that were never invited to the conversation. And the reason behind all these breaches is the fact that Zoom calls aren't actually encrypted the way that the company claims. So with, let's say, chats over WhatsApp, once the message leaves from your device until it arrives to the recipient's device, this entire time, this message is being encoded. So it is coded, no one can read it but the receiving device. But last week, Zoom said that some video calls were mistakenly not being encrypted and they were actually being routed through servers in China when they should not have been. Google is the latest but not the first company to ban Zoom across its businesses. Tesla did the same thing earlier this month, also over security concerns, and we're definitely going to keep you up to date with all that arises from that. In other news, Amazon is building a lab to test its workers for COVID-19. This is actually the latest effort by Amazon to protect its workers who are becoming more and more panicked as the virus spreads through the Amazon warehouses. From backed up packages to not enough COVID-19 testing, Amazon-owned facilities in the U.S. have definitely been struggling. And the reason behind all of that is that there's so much shortage in COVID-19 testing in the United States. Um, Over 50 Amazon-owned facilities have actually confirmed cases of COVID-19, but not enough testing is taking place. And the reason behind that is that there's a shortage of the testing capacity, which is making it a lot more difficult to keep people safe, but at the same time to get the economy back up and running. Those who tend to test positive, they could be quarantined and cared for, and everyone who tests negative could re-enter the company with confidence. However, the world we live in today lacks a lot of COVID-19 testing. Luckily, right here in the United Arab Emirates, so much testing for COVID-19 is taking place. The country has run over a half a million COVID-19 tests, so we're not having to worry about that. But Amazon has definitely been one of the only companies uh, that has remained open throughout the pandemic, making it very easy for many people to safely follow the shelter at home orders. People are simply ordering from Amazon and that has definitely also caused a lot of orders to become backed up.
Not everything is arriving on time, but at least it is arriving. And hundreds of thousands of frontline warehouse workers and delivery drivers are putting their lives at risk to make sure that our packages are being delivered. Amazon also announced many plans to increase pay and hire an additional 100,000 workers back in March in hopes that it's going to help ease off the load that has been placed on Amazon's shoulders. The company has also been distributing masks and conducting employee temperature checks along with spraying disinfectants on the workstations. However, employees are definitely saying it is not enough. They actually went on a walkout uh, earlier this month to try and fight uh, for their rights to get the COVID-19 testing. Um, We'll definitely keep you up to date with all that arises from this story. But coming up, Hani is going to be telling you all about Snapchat's efforts to fight COVID-19. And it might just include augmented reality. To find out more about this, make sure you stay tuned right here on Future Talk, only on Pulse95. You're listening to Pulse95. Future Talk. With Omni Al Saleh and Henry Balkis on Pulse 95. Around the world we go. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're here giving you apps all around the world that you need to know about. Now, we're going to be talking about how to use Snapchat's new AR lens to donate to the COVID 19 Solidarity Response Fund. Now, Snapchat has released a new lens to support COVID-19 relief efforts. Now, the augmented reality lens scans paper money and shows you an animation about the COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund for the World Health Organization. Now, the lens does also link to the fund's website to make a donation. Now, donations do support WHO, which is the World Health Organization, in tracking the spread of the virus, providing medical supplies, and and in aiding treatment, research, and development. And here's how to use it. Now, first, what you need to do, ladies and gentlemen, is open up Snapchat. Now, obviously, that is the first thing you need to do. And you have to begin typing the name of the lens, which is going to be COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund. Again, you're going to have to search the lens, which is going to be called COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund. And you're going to type that into the search bar at the top of the screen. And then after that, you should see that filter. And what you got to do is click on that lens. Now, to activate the animation, you got to make sure you're not in selfie mode. And if you are, just flip the camera by clicking the button in the top right corner that looks like a rectangle made out of two arrows or even just double tap on your screen. Now then you have to point your camera toward a currency note. Now Snapchat says its AR scanners can detect 23 different kinds of currency from 33 countries, but it has to be a note, not coins. In the case of US dollars, it does have to be face up so you can see whichever former president or even founding father's face is on your bill. Then you center the note in the screen so that it's roughly in the same rectangle that the four bills that will appear on your screen. Then this should activate the animation. Now when you activate the animation, you're gonna see an animated version of your bill and then a hospital, which then gives a glove and a mask and lastly a microscope. Now what do these these animations represent? Well, the animations represent what the donation money goes towards to, which will be patient care, medical supplies, and research. Now, as with any step, you can obviously tap that circular button 
towards the bottom of the screen during the animation to take a photo or even press and hold it to record a video of the animation and then send it as a snap and to post or send it you just click the blue arrow in the bottom kind of thinking like I'm giving you guys a tutorial on snapchat where you guys should know how to use snapchat but the most important thing here guys now you need you guys know how you guys know how to use the lens down but now I'm going to tell you guys how to make a donation now clicking on the more button above the icon for the lens will open up a screen showing you the COVID-19 solidarity response funds website and you can scroll down to where it says donate now now you can then choose an amount to donate by clicking on the buttons or even enter uh, an amount into the white box and the minimum by the way you can donate is only three dollars that's the minimum but you guys can go up to whatever amount you want to go to and then you can choose to make this contribution monthly and to make the donation in honor of someone for example you can make it in the honor of future talking in the honor of pulse 95 or in the honor of your mother your father whoever you want to and then you make your selections then click next after that obviously you fill out your contact information and address click next and then enter in your credit card information and by the way guys it is safe and then click next and complete the donation and then you're pretty much off to go you've now you've done something fun on snapchat and you've encouraged your friends to donate and you yourself have donated so again good thing to do it's fun it's quick it's easy i personally donated uh to the cause and to the fund Again, ladies and gentlemen, quick reminder, obviously you guys know this and you guys should know this by now, but you guys need to stay home and stay in quarantine because this is not a joke. Unfortunately, a lot of people are getting infected and uh, a lot of casualties and fatalities are happening. So stay home, stay home and listen to Pulse 95. That's the most important thing. And more important than that is always stay tuned to Future Talk. But we're going to be taking a short break. And when we come back, Omni is going to tell you guys all about what? Well, I think I'm going to give it a little bit of a secret. But stay tuned right here only on Pulse 95. What would you do if you could have an exact copy of your face? Would you take a nap as your face still stays online with that meeting? Well, I'm going to be telling you about the story of a 3D printing expert that created a hyper-realistic copy of his face. Let me tell you, this copy... You can't even differentiate between his real face and the copy. The 3D mask creator is called Lelerishtein and he is actually, he likes to describe himself as a professional 3D scanning expert and he's actually a professional cameraman who appeared in the credits role of many Japanese films. But apart from all those successes, he actually created the 3D printed face mask that is absolutely perfect. It didn't, he did not miss a single detail of his face it actually went viral all over twitter last month um, and the fact that they went viral shouldn't come as a surprise once you look at how insanely detailed the face mask is in a picture where he was actually holding the mask uh, right next to his face you can tell that it's almost perfect he even included the hairs on his eyebrows and the small moles on his cheek he didn't really explain the creation process of how he came up with the mask but he did reveal that he made use of a Super Scan Studio Face Rig 3D scanner. Um, and he also said that 
he was amazed uh, by how many people actually praised his work and even asked curious questions about whether it works with the facial recognition software on Android and Apple. Do you think this face mask will actually work on Android? Because let me tell you, he was not able to fool Apple's phones uh, with their face, with his fake face ID. Um, but he has not tried it on Android yet. So slide into our DMs on Instagram at Pulse95Radio and place your bets. I think it worked on Android. Might be a little bit biased simply because I do love Apple, but I feel like Android would actually uh, go ahead and agree that the fake 3D printed face is the guy's real face. Um, But he also said that the reason why he wanted to create this mask is to use it for online video meetings and conferences. Um, And it's definitely coming in handy because it's helping him nap without offending any of his bosses. We're all working from home now because of the coronavirus outbreak. Hany and I are coming to you with Future Talk Home Edition. We're coming um, from the comfort of our own home. Hmm, this is giving me a lot of thoughts. Should I get in touch with this uh, 3D printing expert and ask him to create a fake 3D printed mask for me? Maybe during those online video meetings with the Pulse95 team, I could have that place on my face as I take a nap. Come on, I'm just kidding, you guys. I love the Pulse95 team and I do really enjoy my job. But we sure would love to try such a facial mask. Who wouldn't? So let me know. Slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio on Instagram. When would you use this 3D printed mask if you had one? Let me tell you, it is not cheap. It's about $4,000 per mask, but it could definitely come in handy. And I would love to hear your thoughts about where you would use it. Coming up, if you're working from home and having some trouble with fixing your MacBook, you're stuck, you need someone to help you configure a certain software, you don't need to use TeamViewer anymore. You don't need to download any third-party application. If you have a MacBook computer, want to find out how? Make sure you stay tuned right here on Future Talk, only on Pulse95. You're listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. How do you tech? How, how, how do you tech? Broken Apple laptop, broken Apple computer. Well, I have the fix for you because this is a hands down the easiest way to remotely fix a Mac during quarantine. Now, for those of us who use Apple products daily, just like myself, Apple fanboy, by the way, I think you guys know that by now, but there's no question that iMessage on the iPhone, iPad, and Mac is for unmatched chatting, sharing photos, or even playing games. Now, a lot of people don't use iMessage right here in the UAE, but I personally use it because I got to connect with my family and friends in the States, but a little known gem can turn iMessages into a powerful tool to help a friend or even a loved one remotely troubleshoot their Mac computer. Now, with their permission, you can pilot a relative's Mac to walk them through on how to set up their work mail, help even install software so they can work from home or even troubleshoot an issue. Now, it is an enormous help right now as we're all practicing social distancing during the coronavirus pandemic and actually visiting a loved one or even a friend to fix their computer just isn't possible. Now, what is the best part? Well, you don't have to walk them through installing and setting up a specific screen sharing or a remote access app because messages, which is the app used to access iMessages on a Mac, is built directly into 
Mac OS. Now, if you've already signed into the Messages app, you're already you're already ready to use screen share. Now, if you haven't set up Messages on your Mac, it just takes a couple of seconds. Now, I'm going to tell you guys how to set up Messages as not a lot of people do have iMessage uh, activated on their phones in the UAE at least. Now, first, you have to launch the Messages app and then sign in with your Apple ID, which is linking your iMessage account to the app. Now, with that done, here is how you screen share in Messages. So, what you're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, is on your Mac, you're going to open the Messages app and select the conversation thread for the contact you want to use and you want to share your screen with now for example if i want to screen my share with omnia i would have to open messages and then select that thread now with the conversation selected uh click on buddies in the menu bar at the top of your screen and if you want them to connect to computer select invite to share my screen and then click on ask to share screen if you want to view their screen now you then can click on the details label next to the contacts profile photo then click on the screen share button and choose between the two screen share options now an invitation will then pop up on the screen of their mac which will then need they they will need to accept or decline now obviously i hope they're accepting uh now after accepting the share request the person who will be sharing their screen will then choose between allowing observation of the screen only or full remote access control. Now, if you're taking control of a Mac, the screen share app will then open on your Mac and you'll be able to use the computer as if it were your own. Now, if someone else is taking control of your Mac, the screen share icon will then display in the menu bar and your mouse cursor will then appear to begin moving on its own. But don't worry, it's not a ghost. It's the person who connected to your Mac that is doing that. Now, an audio call will automatically start whenever screen share is on allowing you to talk as if you're on the phone. This also gives you a chance to ask questions or even explain what you're doing. Now, obviously, both parties can stop the screen share session by just by clicking on the screen share icon in the menu bar and selecting end screen sharing or by closing the screen share window. Now, screen share in the message app is a feature that I personally haven't known, but I think I'm now going to put it to use as a couple of my friends who are working from home do need uh, a little bit help in the tech world. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? I do future talk. I know my tech, but I hope you guys benefited from this and I hope this works out for you. But if you guys do have any questions, please go to at Pulse95 Radio on Instagram and we will help you if you guys need any help on this specific subject. But this does conclude our show for today and we're going to be opening the doors for Omar Dori. So stay tuned right here only on Pulse95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.